0: Welcome to the Underdog Podcast, where we talk G5 football and only G5 football for Underdog Dynasty. Once again, the Conference USA edition of the show. Uh, on this one, we're going to jump back to week five of the 2017 season, review those games, and as well, preview the week six games. Hard to believe we're already at that point in the season. For those wondering, we, we did record a podcast last week. Some unfortunate technical issues came up, but uh, man, I'm so bummed that one didn't get to go up. Uh, you know, I had about three hours of sleep. Uh, we got a little goofy, and unfortunately, that one's lost to the uh, to the tides, as it were. But uh, I'm Joe Londrigan, mainly a Western Kentucky blogger at Underdog Dynasty, and with me again, partner in crime, the former Old Dominion Boston College kicker, Satchel Ziffer. How are you this morning, sir?
1: Hello. I'm good. I am also feeling the pain of not having that last podcast up. Um, but for all of you guys that are listening, um, just so you know, we got every single one right, points and everything, so... Uh, It's just a shame shame that it didn't go up.
0: Oh, yeah. It it was scary. We picked every single one right. Totally.
1: Yeah, to the point, to the
0: yards, everything. Everything was 100%. (laughs) We weren't really in depth with it. Yes. We kind of announced on the lost episode, but uh, this is going to be a regular thing. We are the weekly hosts now. So um, if you like us, great. you got plenty more to look forward to. If not, um, well, you'll Deal you'll, with learn, it. you'll learn to love <laughs> us in time, I, I promise. Um, so we can go ahead and jump into what happened in Week 5. Some not only impressive results, but some newsworthy things happened as well. Um, we'll start it off with uh, Rice falling 42-10 to 10 to Pittsburgh. Uh, 277 total yards for Rice in that one, 479 for Pitts. Uh, Rice QB, Jackson Tiner, 15-32 for 222 yards, a TD, and uh, three picks, and you can't really throw three interceptions and expect to win a game.
1: Correct. Yeah, I had the exact same thing. Um, they did actually do a good job of defending the run, uh, only allowed 69 yards, but you know gave up 400-plus on the air, and you're not going to win a game doing that and throwing three interceptions, giving the ball up. So.
0: No, not at all. Uh, Rice's unfortunate season continues. Speaking of unfortunate seasons, our next result that we need to get to, UTEP 21, Army 35. UTEP actually kept it close. They were tied 14-14 at the half, and then uh, really, it was just a bad third quarter that really killed UTEP. 23 total yards and no first downs in that third quarter. And Army, which it will never blow my mind enough that uh, when Army throws a passing touchdown, but they did on uh, just seven (laughs) attempts, so that was kind of fun to see. UTEP... Actually, replacing head coach Sean Kugler this week. Kugler uh, stepped down after the team uh, started um, 0 and five. Um, so, in replacing him with uh, interim head coach Mike Price, who, if you'll remember, was actually the uh UTep head coach from 2003 to 2012, who then retired, and he's apparently coming out of it to lead his old team. Do you have a do you have an opinion on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I just think that I mean. I, this isn't Kansas State, this isn't Bill Snyder, this is a team in disarray, um, like it's been reported on multiple times, the locker room was, you know, there was just a lot of arguing, a lot of shouting, a lot of just everything but good positive things coming out of the locker room, Um Price hasn't coached a single game in you know, five years. He hasn't coached a single player on this team. All these guys were, you know, anywhere from 12 to 14 or 15 when he was still coaching. Uh, he only had one winning season in CUSA, um, which was his first year in the conference in 2005, and the conference has gotten way better since. So I just, I don't think it was the right call for UTEP. I know the whole idea of having the nostalgia back, but, it, you know, you need to go with someone young. I mean, especially if you're not going to stay with this guy long term, then, and it doesn't seem like it's going to be a long term thing, then at least have, you know, one of the assistant coaches or, you know, work hard at bringing in someone fast. But I know that's, you know, restricted, especially during the season. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess, you know, not the worst call because, you know, they're probably in a rough situation right now. But at the same time, I mean, you, there's no unity in this team and just bring in someone that had no, has no clue about any of these guys and really hasn't really been coaching in the last five years. And, you know, college football has changed a lot in the last five years. So, yeah, it's just going to be it, – it, it'll be interesting. Hopefully there's some unity that's brought back into the team. So we will just – I guess it's just something that we'll have to wait and see. Ya.
0: Brushing aside the fact that it's still just monstrously weird to me that they just kind of called a guy who's been retired – for uh, five years to just come be the interim head coach, it's seemingly out of the blue. Granted, I'm not the uh, UTEP insider that insider that some of the guys over at uh, Minor Rush, and other great SB Nation community, are. Um, but it's just it's brushing the strangeness of that aside. Who do you think are some? Uh, who do you think would be your pick to come in and be the head coach of the Miners if you had to make an educated guess?
1: Like right now, or at the end at, of the season? At the end of the season uh that's a that's a really hard question i'm i don't get me wrong here i don't know anyone's coaches names but i would say probably one of the assistants from you know one of the cusa schools is probably the best and one of the ones in texas i would say is probably better so maybe going after the offensive coordinator at utsa or defensive coordinator at utsa getting one of those guys because of the fact that a already know the area already can recruit in texas and B the success they've had that's that's the way i would go. Not 100% sure. I'm not smart enough to remember people's names, but yeah, that's where I would go with it. So It's
0: a pretty fair statement. Some early candidates for the UTEP coaching vacancy uh, reported by ESPN's Andy Rittenberg. Uh, Texas Tech Offensive Coordinator Eric Morris, Texas A&M Commerce Head Coach Colby Carthel, Tennessee QB Coach Mike Canales, Utah Wide Receivers Coach Guy Holiday. This is the one that kind of interested me. Uh, North Texas Offensive Coordinator Graham Harrell, I'm pretty sure that's the same Graham Harrell. Yeah, the same Graham Harrell that was the Texas Tech QB, right? I think that would be a really interesting hire if that ends up happening. Um, Sam Houston State coach uh, Casey Keeler, Minnesota Vikings assistant Robert Rodriguez, BYU special teams coordinator Ed Lamb, and San Diego State defensive coordinator Danny Gonzalez. But like you were saying, if they got an assistant from UTSA or one of the other Texas uh, schools, I, I think that'd be a move in the right direction as well. And- I think going after Graham Harrell is actually probably their best move,
1: to be yeah. honest, just because yeah. of the fact that young, he's 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 really young. He's kind of like a cliffs Kinsbury in that sense. And then he's also he's played the game recently, more recently, I guess. I just think players are more in depth with someone who's kind of younger, and I I mean, especially just understanding how coaches are. You know, so you kind of you can you can kind of understand how to best react to players and how to, you know, get motivate them and whatnot. That would be a good hire. I mean, it definitely would bring some, you know, it would be fun. I mean, I you know, they're going to throw the ball yeah. or assume so.
0: Yeah, you would think, especially granted the kind of system that Graham Harrell has experience in when he was at Texas Tech. But I mean, you look at uh, North Texas offense right now, which has been great. Um, but it seems like it's been a little bit more of like a like a running attack with. um with what they're doing right now, but you know, we'll see. I mean, they, God knows UTEP needs a little bit of an offensive kick in the pants right now. So yeah, <laughs> we'll go ahead and move on. There's not really too much to say about what UTEP did in this game outside of the first half. Army just ran all over him, you know, even with seven passing attempts uh, still just managed to really just control the game after the second half or after halftime rather. So hopefully UTEP, this coaching change is good for him. They can get it together and, um, prevent themselves from going 0-12, maybe. Um, but we'll see. Um, speaking, Yeah, of, I, would, I would hope so, but I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> uh, speaking of possibly going 0-12, uh, Charlotte managing to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory, as it were. They go down 30-29 to 29 to FIU in Florida. Charlotte comes out and doesn't commit any turnovers, get 504 total yards, win a time-of-possession battle, lead the entire game they scored first and didn't give up the lead until the fourth quarter when FIU took the lead with about seven and a half minutes to go uh they took a one point lead and Charlotte missed what would have been the game winner with 32 seconds left
1: yeah I mean Charlotte had a good drive right at the end of the game 12 plays four four minutes and 20 seconds uh missed the 48 yarder I believe it is um The other thing that I can really say in this game is, you know, I like the tenacity to go for two, but it really bit them in the butt in this sense. I mean, they went for two early. They went for two on the first touchdown, didn't get it. Then you went for two to try and compensate on the second one, didn't get it. So that's points right there that, you know, they would have won the game. So um, I I think you have to go for it unless they're in disarray 100% with their kicking game, which maybe they are. I'm not 100% sure about that. Yeah, they can't close out games and, you know, they let FIU just three consecutive touchdowns end the game, one in the third quarter and then two in the fourth quarter. I mean, that's just kind of, you know, you can't really explain what happened with the defense. I mean, and then the offense just really couldn't put the drive together until right at the end. Like you said, uh, they outgained FIU in yards and they beat them in every category, basically that matters. But they just couldn't close out the game, you know, just, I mean... The one thing that I can say is positive maybe is that Clue kind of had a 100 plus yards rushing in the game and that kind of helped a lot and started maybe maybe kind of identifying their offense because it doesn't seem like they really had an identif- identification until now. So maybe going forward, they can just keep pushing with that, you know, having the dual threat quarterback that actually runs the ball like successfully. Um, and then obviously the running back who had a good game. So I think just, you know, keeping to what you're doing and there is improvement, so that's positive, I guess. So
0: I would say so. Um, Charlotte's loss is FIU's gain in this one. FIU moves up to three and one overall, two and zero oh in conference play. The Panthers first place in the East right now. Yeah, I wouldn't read too much into that one. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, eh. well, we'll see how that shakes out. The other Florida team in action. The FAU Owls getting a surprising win over Middle Tennessee, 38-20, to um, although MTSU without uh, Brent Stockskill and uh, Richie James. Um, Devin Singletary, though, for FAU, absolutely went off, had 133 yards rushing and four touchdowns, which is a school record. Uh, Jason Driscoll got the start at QB for the Owls, so looks like he's going to have the starting job, uh, moving forward, that seemed to be Lane Kiffin's plan of action going into that game. And uh, he was 22 of 29 for 187 yards in the touchdown. If you're an Al fan, you can't really be too mad at that performance.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a good performance all around. I mean, like you alluded to, uh, Singletary just had a great game, four touchdowns. I mean, that's good for anyone. You know, the whole team just kind of looked like they came together. And yeah, you know, without QB, wide receiver, duo there, it's, it's hard for Middle Tennessee to get really any offensive going, but you got to credit it to a uh, you know, the defense on Florida Atlantic and then the offense able to, you know, move the ball and keep, you know, keep pushing towards the end zone and, you know, getting the third down conversion. So, impressive for the FAU Owls. I think, you know, every week they're getting better and better. Lane Kiffin's doing a good job with the guys. But, you know, this
0: week, man, I, we'll talk about it later. But this week. <laughs> it's going to be a good test. Um, on the Middle Tennessee side of that game, uh, John Arzua getting the start at quarterback. 31 to 51 for 359 yards and two touchdowns which not a bad game but um the thing that really killed them was the three picks. Yeah, that that was really the huge difference maker for the Blue Raiders especially since they actually outgained the Owls in terms of total yards. Oh yeah, they
1: yeah, they kind of dismantled him when it came to total yards but you know you have a sophomore quarterback who you know he thought he was just going to be you know back up this whole season and he has to go in he has on the season he has four picks or four touchdowns six interceptions mm-hmm. so if he's going to be kind of playing for the next couple weeks until stockstow comes back for them to be able to even have a chance at you know redeeming their season he needs to kind of man up right now he he does because I mean obviously the rushing game isn't there for middle tenor. They have six. They had 69 yards rushing on 24 attempts last week. Um, So they need the they need the passing game, and they need him to step up. That's all I can really say about it because I mean, obviously, going forward, they're gonna they need to or they need to just not become one dimensional anymore and find a running back that can actually hit the hole and you know create long gains by himself. So
0: Um, one other note for Middle Tennessee. In the absence of Richie James, their number one wideout, arguably, uh, Ty Lee stepped up, had eight catches for 136 yards and a touchdown, averaged uh, 17 yards a catch. Again, you know, with the guys that are getting hurt for Middle Tennessee, you kind of have to uh, admire the fact that some of these guys are stepping up and trying to fill in the gaps. But it's it's just not really translating to uh, to wins the last couple weeks, unfortunately for. For the Blue Raider faithful, we'll go ahead and move on to Louisiana Tech getting a win against South Alabama, 34-16. to uh, Tech only led by one at the end of the third quarter, but scored 17 unanswered in the fourth. Huge day for Jamar Smith, 317 yards, new career high, plus three touchdown. Safety Cedric Cooper, two picks, huge day for him. And uh, we've talked about it a little bit before, but uh, Jonathan Barnes, 2-3 in this game, missed a 43-yarder, which is rare for him, but uh, he might be special teamer of the league in this year. He's he's nailing it so far.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we alluded to it last week, but
0: no one heard that podcast.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> True. <No. laughs> um, yeah, he's, playing, he's, he's having a great season. I mean, be surprised if he's not in at least the talks for Luke Rose at the end of the the year, which goes to the best kicker. Mm-hmm. I know no one really cares about that, but I care about that. So, <laughs> so it means something to me. Um, just in general, Louisiana Tech had a good game. I mean, they kind of, I guess it kind of seemed like they kind of had a little bit of a hangover at the beginning. I mean, especially, you know, until that, that fourth quarter when they scored the 17, but, you know, I think they're getting back on track. I mean, obviously that loss to South Carolina was tough, but it's good for them to get back on track, win a game, and, you know, going now into conference play, being on the right step instead of the wrong step.
0: True. Louisiana Tech now moving up to 3-2 uh, and two overall, one and in conference play. They are second in the West, uh, so we'll see if they can continue that momentum moving forward. Marshall, 38, Cincinnati, 21. Huge win for the Thundering Herd, really complete win. Offensive line just absolutely dominated the line of scrimmage all day. Chase Litton threw four touchdowns, and three of those were actually to senior tight end Ryan Juracek, who caught six balls for 77 yards. Marshall had the ball for almost 40 minutes, and you got to give credit to the defense who forced three turnovers as well.
1: I mean, yeah, they played a great game. I mean, just just even to start off the game 24-0 to against a good Cincinnati team that we, I mean... We both had losing, I mean obviously we had Marshall winning this one thirty eight to twenty one but you obviously. know there there was my doubts, there was my doubts at the time, but you know marshall marshall's back i mean you- you gotta give it to him I mean they had that offer here last year, but they came back and it, they're gonna be a really good team moving forward i mean, I think other than a couple of guys, they're a pretty decently young team, I mean next year will be a good year for them too, so keep looking for them. This game was just, you know, a tell all about the team in general. I mean, they had a rough early go because of the fact that they 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 lost one game early um to NC State 37 to 20, but now they've beaten hey, I, I mean, hey, this is impressive and I just saw this. They're 3 and 0 against Ohio teams. So, yep. beat Miami of Ohio, Kent oh, Kent State and Cincinnati, so <laughs> take that Ohio.
0: Oh man. Uh Marshall, stop beating on my home state. That's all I ask. Take it easy on the Ohio boys. Um, hey,
1: you're, an Ohio, you're an Ohio guy.
0: My name's Joe Ohio. <laughs> I never put I never put it together.
1: I never put one into it. You know, you know I'm a Pennsylvania kid. Yeah, so, so guess to, we're
0: better than you. <laughs> you had to go there. Uh, uh, so we'll, we'll keep it. Moving to the next <laughs> Conference US game, USA game from last week. Uh, North Texas getting a really impressive win, 43-28 over the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. Offensive explosion for the Mean Green. Uh, despite what ESPN seems to think, they are the one and only Mean Green, not Michigan State. Uh, Jeffrey Wilson, uh, my personal pick for Conference USA Offensive Player of the Year so far. 30 carries, 148 yards, rushing, and uh, three touchdowns. Whiteout Jalen Guyton absolutely caught fire, too, catching 14 balls for 211 yards and a touchdown.
1: Yeah, I mean, they were just extremely impressed. I mean, we both have them winning this game, that exact score. But, no, um, I actually did have Southern Miss winning this game. I thought Southern Miss had kind of, you know, come into their own. But, I mean, North Texas is the real deal. I mean, even though I joke with people on Twitter and say that they're the 10th best team in the league – um, You know, they're back. I mean, they're, I mean, I don't know if they were ever actually there, but they're here now. Um, they're a good team. Like you said, uh, Wilson, the running back, you know, the crazy thing about Wilson is that he's just such a strong runner. He reminds me a lot of Craig Shiloh, and it, it's just so, like, he's just such a good running back. I mean, 93 attempts this year, 666 yards nine touchdowns and you know you just look for him to keep going forward and keep pushing and this north texas team to be you know a threat and it'll be really interesting once the end of the season comes to see if you know they're gonna they just keep with this you know momentum and this week's gonna be a big week for them we're gonna talk about that later but this will be a telling week to see if you know they are the powerhouse in texas and see usa football
0: absolutely uh usm just kind of play with this go big or go home kind of mentality. I had a few really nice explosive plays that ended up uh, scoring them points, but also ended the day with seven drives that were uh, four plays or less. So, um, you know, can't really do that. No, no. Uh, You know, you got to be able to convert those drives into points. And you got to be able to sustain drives, especially against an offense like uh, North Texas, where anytime they're on the field, it's dangerous. So, yeah. All right. That wraps it up for the week five review. Anything about that week that really you know impressed you or warranted more uh, diving into further?
1: ODU didn't lose. So that was pretty – I was impressed. <laughs> I, was, I was very impressed with that. I mean, was, <laughs> obviously, if you don't know, ODU was on the bye, um, had their week off, and we'll talk about it more later. But um, I think the thing that impressed me most was North Texas. I mean, I thought Southern Miss was kind of back – And, you know, they're still a good team, but North Texas obviously just showed that, you know, they're here to stay and they're a good team. And, you know, they're not someone just to kind of overlook on your schedule anymore. And in fact, you probably need the game plan more for them because of just the offensive prowess. I mean, 366 yards passing, 148 yards rushing or 174 yards rushing. It's just impressive, so you got to worry about it moving forward, especially in the conference talks for champion.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll stay on that note and dive into the uh, Week 6 previews, and we'll start with FAU Old Dominion. How do you see that one shaking out?
1: It's going to be an interesting game. I mean, o- so the hard thing for ODU in the storyline of the year so far is injuries. Bobby Waters stated in his weekly press conference this is the largest injury report he has ever had as a coach. There was 49, 49 players that had some type of injury, that is just crazy because I know coach water. I know the staff. I know that when we, when we practice, we practice to sustain ourselves and we, we don't go get too many reps. We make sure that we're doing the right things to keep our bodies strong. So that's just, it's just a freak of nature that it's happening this year. And maybe that has something to do with the fact that two ACC teams right in a row is probably not the way to go with it, but moving forward, that's how it's going to be for ODU. So I guess they're just gonna have to grow up and learn, or not grow up, but work on you know sustaining the players even longer. We have nine players out for the entire season now, including Jonathan Duhart, who um, broke his foot, and uh, Ray Lowry, who tore his hamstring. Both well, those guys were really detrimental to the offense uh, at wide receiver and running back. They were both All-USA this year. Also, Kane Miskell, Justice Villa, who are both you know heavy contributors on the defense. Uh, secondary, uh, only good news for the Monarchs is six players are listed to, you know, return in the following weeks. So hopefully this bye week has allowed them to kind of heal up and, you know, get right moving forward. I mean, we had Bumi Rotimi and Daniel Poo on the defensive line that, you know, kind of showed that we couldn't, you know, you know, penetrate the backfield because of without two of our best offensive linemen. Um, you get Chad Henridge on the offensive line and tight end Melvin Vaughn, who's, you know, we need Melvin Vaughn back. He's, a great wide receiver and the fact that, well, he's kind of a wide receiver tight end, like hybrid. Um, But with Donna, with Jonathan Duhart out, we need every sure wide receiver we can get out there. And he'll be a big difference maker. Florida Atlantic obviously is coming off of um, a good three week stretch minus the hiccup at Buffalo, which, you know, they could have easily won that game as a well-fought game. They look like a good team. The key to stopping this, stopping this team is probably, I would say the running game, especially with Jason Driscoll kind of learning to man the helms. They've done a great job against UMass and Albany before, you know, having the problems against the two ACC opponents, which you're kind of looking to expect because of that. Mm. Uh, Singletary is a really running, a really talented runner. Uh, for them to win this game, I think he'll have to get outside, especially with our D line being able to kind of plug up the inside gaps. Uh, if he can get outside, that, that is our weak point, uh, stopping the rush to the outside lanes. He could really wreak havoc there. The big thing for us will be, you know, just Stevie Williams kind of pushing on and being who he is and um, continuing to kind of gain confidence and gain momentum. Uh, It'll be easier for him this week. This is his first time playing against a team that's not in the ACC. So he'll probably have a little bit more time in the pocket. He'll be able to make more decisions and be be able to escape the pocket easier. I think the big change in this game, and I think how ODU will win this game is Isaiah Harper. He's a redshirt junior. He's from Chesapeake. Uh, uh, He's, one of the, you know, small guys, he's the one that had the return against North Carolina for 100 yards, very fast. Mm-hmm. He's very similar in size and stature in how he plays the game to Ty, Ty Hill or Ty Lee uh, from Middle Tennessee. And Ty Lee just had a great game against you know, FAU. So I kind of expect them, the game plan, to have him and, you know, Keyshawn Strong, the other young guy, the other really small, shifty guys, uh, catch short balls, just bubble screens, you know, quick outs and give them the chance to make their own plays out of it. So I think that's how they win the game. And then obviously, um, you know, our running backs, Brandon Carrs, Brandon Simmons and um, Cox. I mean, Cox is still hurt with a hit pointer, but Brandon Simmons just being able to, you know, get the small gains that we're going to need to, you know, sustain drives. Uh, I think that's the difference. I think ODU wins this game. Things very close. I think something like 27-21 is going to be the final score.
0: I kind of think this is going to be like you were, Alluding to somewhat, I think this is going to be a good litmus test to kind of see where Old Dominion is as a team against a Conference USA opponent, like you were talking about. They beat uh, two kind of Uh. inferior opponents in the first week and then lost to, admittedly, two very strong ACC teams in weeks uh, three and four. But uh, FAU is, like you were talking about, riding some really positive momentum. Uh, you know, if if they can kind of keep the game on Jason Driscoll's shoulders, I think that's going to make it significantly easier on them. But FAU's rushing attack has looked really, really impressive the last few weeks, so we'll, we'll see. Yeah, and this is, what happens there.
1: This is this is an interesting game too because um, I didn't really realize this until I kind of really looked into it. Is the team the away team has won every single game between these two teams? It's been really? three years played now. Um, I kicked the game winner in 2015 against them, or 2014. Yeah, 2014, that's a long time. Damn. Dang, I mean, <laughs> that was a long time ago. I kicked the game winner, then they came to us, and I hate FIU solely because that was my last game as a Monarch, and they beat us and made us not bowl eligible that season. And then, last year, obviously, we beat them on our great 10-3 to season, so it'll be interesting. I've, I'm hoping they can pull out the win. I know a lot of these players were on that team that just we got heartbroken, so you know it'll just be an interesting one um I'm, obviously we're expecting all the monarch faithful to come out it's going to be uh, a knee or a light blue attire game so hopefully which they haven't announced yet is hopefully we have a new jersey because i'm so sick of the same three jerseys every game but and we have like blue in our color scheme so look for that people <laughs> just in case
0: Light Blue Attire Encouraged, which doesn't have the same ring to it as light blue out, so I don't know (laughs) like there's no there's no real way to word that kind of promotion, but I I think the point (laughs) comes across either way. That game six PM on Saturday and you can catch it on stadium. So I'm I'm all for these games being broadcast on social media by the way. It makes it so much easier when I'm out doing, you know, errands and other crap I don't want to do.
1: So Yeah, exactly. Saturdays. No, I feel, I feel the same way. I mean, just the fact that they're becoming more accessible to watch. And that's in due to the fact that, you know, college football ratings have been down because of, you know, just, I don't know, life. I don't know. We're getting less, yeah. people are getting less interested. But the fact that they're becoming more accessible to every fan, uh, it's a really positive thing. I mean, they just need to start streamlining it and not making it the most sketchy looking, you know, streams of all time.
0: Well, right, but I mean, I think I feel like stadium streams so far have been pretty reliable and looked pretty solid. So I I, I think it's great that I can just kind of whip up Twitter when I'm, you know, at Home Depot or Bed Bath and Beyond or wherever uh, Frank the Tank's wife makes him go on Saturdays, uh, and and watch football it's great and anyway stadium you're doing a good job keep it up as i continue to ramble move on with the uh week six previews uh fiu at middle tennessee that one at three o'clock east coast time and it's on espn3 in murphy's bureau
1: yeah it should be a good game um not really i don't really know what to think about this one mtsu is very you know disappointed after that big time loss to fiu i mean that's just that's just inexcusable hmm. no they have their two guys out i don't know are they coming back this week you know
0: any word uh are you, i'm assuming we're talking about stock skill and james we will Could. see here um we need to get
1: a uh, little buttons so we can do cool sounds by the way
0: oh uh, like a sound put that,
1: <laughs> yeah put that in our budget underdog dynasty if you're listening
0: <laughs> yeah we just des- we deserve it yeah, exactly. Doesn't um, no, I, I would it looks su- like they're not coming back. I, yeah, I was gonna say I would assume not, just because from the presser quotes, it looks like uh, Coach Rick Stockskill seems pretty focused on getting John Orzua to improve. Um, so it looks like they're not coming back. Um, by the way, uh, congratulations to uh, DJ Sanders on the uh, birth of his daughter. Uh, so senior linebacker, Middle Tennessee. Um, I guess they, you know, two homecomings in one week is the. Is the headline on Middle Tennessee's website? So uh, good for you, dude. Um, great. We digress. Yeah, um, um, I
1: I, st- I still think um, it'll be a close game if they're out, which I think they'll be. Like we just said, um, I don't see it being close either way. I think, I mean, Bush Davis has done a good job, but um, reality is about to come in and. MTSU is angry. They're, they should have. They they should have beaten FAU last week just because of the fact that they are middle Tennessee and it is FAU. Uh, look for them to win. I think it's going to be a big game from 31 to 14.
0: Yeah, like you were saying, FAU, Don't read too much into the fact that they're first place in uh, Conference USA right now. Although they've they've looked all right. They've looked a little bit better than I kind of thought they would, but. You know, I think I think I agree with you. Middle Tennessee is going to go ahead and get the win in this one. Uh, moving on, Louisiana Tech and UAB, 3 o'clock local time in Birmingham there. I'm taking Louisiana Tech in this one. Jamar Smith is just really coming into his own, uh, plus the defense has been playing great. Um, so I, I think it's going to be pretty close. Um, but I think Louisiana Tech right now is just a, a more complete team, a better team. And, uh, you know, I, th- I think they win this one relatively easily.
1: In the great words of Lee Corso. Not so fast. (laughs) Okay.
0: Okay.
1: I think it's going to be a great game. I think both teams are really playing well. Um, UAB kind of came off a disappointing loss last week. They're going to come out strong this week. Um, I think UAB is a better team than people are giving credit. Louisiana Tech's strong point is definitely throwing the ball, I would assume. But, you know, that secondary for UAB is very strong. They're a good defense. Uh, I think Louisiana Tech kind, kind of comes in a little bit lackadaisical maybe and UAB's able to like hold them off towards the end of the game. Close one, very high scoring. I'm thinking something around that, you know, 42 to 38 range.
0: That that is going to be a it. close one then. We'll we'll see. The big thing here is I think there's just inexperience on both sides. Uh Jamar Smith, you know, this is his first year as a starting quarterback. Most of UAB's team is is pretty inexperienced this being their first year back in FBS play. So I'm I'm going to be paying attention to that one and you can catch that one Uh, On Conference USA TV, actually, so at least you can have somewhere to watch it. And then we'll go ahead and we already talked about FAU Old Dominion. So that brings us to Marshall and Charlotte at uh, 6 p.m. East Coast time there at uh, McCall Richardson Field. Marshall has looked really good. Charlotte's looked really bad. I think this is kind of a no-brainer.
1: Probably one of the most complete teams playing one of the worst teams in the conference. Mm-hmm. Charlotte is, you know, like I said, found something with Clue running the ball a little more. Yeah. Um, but they won't win this game if he continues. Like he has more t- interceptions than he has touchdowns this year. He has five touchdowns, seven interceptions. That's just not a winning recipe. Marshall's off to off of a big win. Linton's continues to prove that he's a very reliable quarterback. Charlotte's ground game is a strong point on the team, like of any aspect of their team. Uh, Marshall's good at defending the run, uh, becomes, you know, Charlotte's going to try and be one dimensional and just run it down the throat, but that won't be able to happen. Marshall's really good. Marshall wins big 52 to 21.
0: Yes. I think this one's going to get ugly real quick, just based on how Marshall really just controlled uh, a good American conference team last week. So yeah, again, I mean, Marshall, complete team, Charlotte, quite bad. So Army at Rice, the next one, that one going to be at uh, 5.30 Central Time at uh, in Houston. Army going to make it two in a row against Conference USA opponents?
1: Yeah, they will. Um, Rice isn't much better than UTEP, and, you know, while they're playing decently, defending the run, uh, No one's really been successful with, you know, stopping this rushing attack for Army, who's averaging over 363 yards per game this year. Uh, Their quarterback, Ahmad Bradshaw, he's just a force to be reckoned with. I mean, he's a triple option guru. Already has 500 yards on the ground this season. Um, You know, he's yeah, it's just – there's nothing really more I can say at this point. It's going to be a bad one. I think 38 to 14 with those 14 points for UTEP coming in, you know, garbage time. So –
0: I, th- I think you mean uh, those 14 points coming for Rice in garbage time. But Did uh, I say that again? <laughs> I'm having a hard I mean, week, people. I mean, that's no way. <laughs> Moving on to what I think will be probably the game of the week, uh, going to be just a really good shootout in uh, San Antonio, Southern Miss at UTSA. Uh, 6 p.m. local time. Honestly, I think UTA, UTSA just has consistency on their side in their offensive attack. Jalen Rhodes and Dalton Dalt Sturm are the best running back quarterback combo in the league right now. Uh, USM, like I was talking about uh, when we reviewed last week's games, they're just playing with this go big or go home kind of mentality. They either produce this you know awesome explosive play or they go three and out or turn it over on downs or, or what have you. So And also, UTSA just has too good of a defense for that kind of philosophy, that go-big-or-go-home philosophy, to really work. So I'm I'm taking UTSA in this one.
1: Yeah, I mean, the one thing I will say for USM is that their quarterback has actually had a pretty decent year, other than the fact that he's almost throwing a 50% completion percentage. Mm -hmm. Only one interception on eight touchdowns, so that's really good. But yeah, you said it. You alluded to it. Sturm and uh, Rhodes. Great one-two punch. Um Sturm is a really great quarterback, and he's really good at keeping caring about the ball and, you know, not turning it over. Reminds me a lot of him, um, like Shane Falco. Um, they just, you know, he's just someone that, you know, you can really expect to get the ball out there and take care of the ball in every situation. UTSA has a really good defense. I mean, it's kind of an interesting game. US, uh, USM was disappointed really bad last week with the result, and we'll be looking to kind of get back on track. Um And just as I'm alluding to, UTSA is now in the underdog dynasty goal, uh, G5 top 10. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they were last week, but they are. So congratulations to them. They're also coming off a bye week. Uh, This game won't be statistically close at all. Uh, UTSA is off a bye. Like I said, uh, they're going to have the time to game plan for this kind of go big, go home offensive scheme. They're not allowing more than 13.7 points per game. Look for Stern to be really careful with the ball again and just, you know, them to thrash them on offense. Um, UTSA wins 31-17.
0: I I think that's a fair spread. I agree UTSA is going to win this game. If you want to catch this one, it is streaming exclusively on the Facebook page of Stadium. Uh, There's actually a link in this week's Choosing Conference USA article on UnderdogDynasty.com. So go check that out and you can find out where to watch the game. Uh, last one we need to get into and preview a little bit is uh, Western Kentucky at UTEP. Uh, that one going to be at uh, 7 p.m. local time there. Um, it's going to be in front of a sold-out crowd of like 12 people. I, I bet. Uh, 8 p.m. <laughs> local time anyway. Yeah, I think Western really – they're coming off a bye week, so they're going to be pretty well rested. Although in, in my experience, bye weeks can sometimes hurt you a little more just because you kind of get into like a little bit more of like a relaxed mind state. And that's kind of the last thing. Western really needs to be right now because they have kind of managed to avoid like a bad start to the season, but they're just not really playing to their full potential just yet. They they really just need to get better on red zone execution. That I think that's what's killing them. They were three of seven in that area um, two weeks ago against Ball State, and it really this should be a tune up game against a, a bad UTEP team, but you never know.
1: Uh no, you know.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean. W- I mean, yeah, Western Kentucky's had their problems this year, but I mean, especially with the fact they're bringing in a new coach, this whole, you know, everything might be out of funk with the schedule for these guys. They have no clue how things are going on this week. Uh, Hopefully they didn't change up too much, but Mike Price coming in. You know, the one thing I can say about the Mike Price hire was that it might have been more just for morale than anything. I mean, these coaches, I'm I'm pretty sure most of these coaches uh, on the coaching staff are still there. Um, right. I'm expecting all of them to still be there. So they probably run things the exact same way. He's probably more of just like a, uh, oh, I can't even think of his name, the yep. dude from Florida State, Bowden, Bobby Bowden, in the uh, sense yeah. that he's just kind of like, hey, we have this guy that he's been he's been with the team for a long time, you know, just for the year, and then they'll kind of go after the guy they want. He might just be kind of that stand-in guy for the press, more or less than anything.
0: It might as well so, be a cardboard cutout at this
1: point is what you're saying. Correct. My dad always had this joke because my dad's a Florida Um, is that Bobby Bowden, actually, his mic never actually went to, like, the press box or anything. It just kind of, they kind of had him linked up to, like, a Burger King. So (laughs) he was just talking to a Burger King the whole time. So it's going to be similar, I think. I don't think, he's not going to be able to come in and change up the whole philosophy of the team now, but maybe at least make him feel more unified. Um, I still think it's a really untalented UTEP team. So yeah, I this is going to just be a tune-up game for Western Kentucky. I think may hopefully they can you know figure out more about their offensive line and hopefully this bye week has given them the time to kind of you know work out some things and kind of understand where everyone is and you know where their best blocking, what their best blocking patterns are especially. And so it'd be good. Western Kentucky wins big.
0: Right. I that's a good point. Western Kentucky's uh, offensive line definitely needs to improve a little bit. Um, side note: If we're talking about budgeting for things for the show in the future, I want a headset that goes directly to a Burger King. If you're listening to this, our editor.
1: See, uh, I'd rather I'd rather have like Chick Fil A or like oh, In-N-Out. Ooh, yeah, In-N-Out. Let's go In-N-Out.
0: Okay, so if if we're talking, if you have a headset that goes to any fast food joint of your choosing, you want it to go to In-N-Out.
1: Ooh, no, actually, what's that? What? There's this one Texas. There's this one Texas uh, or like Southern. Waterburger, yeah, that place was good. Yeah, And did it come right to us? Like, can it be, like, delivered to it, us every it, day?
0: Yeah, it delivers to you. You have a direct hookup to the closest one, and it gets delivered to you. That's the one Oh, no, you Chipotle. The, the Chipotle, okay. Chipotle, Chipotle. <laughs> all right. The the fast casual, then? I, yeah, I feel, yeah. I feel like, oh, I almost feel like that's kind of cheating a little bit. But, anyway, I, you know, as much as I love Chipotle, I I would probably have to do Taco Bell. You know, I feel almost really? like depri- yeah, I I know. i love to, you know, I what I am a very simple man of very simple taste. So, <laughs> clearly, uh and a very very powerful toilet. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I feel deprived. I've lived on the West Coast for like 2 years and I've never had in and out. Am I really missing something here? Yeah. <laughs> to what be are fair, you doing? I mean, I've lived in Washington and Oregon. There's no in and outs out here.
1: No. <laughs>
0: well, you have voodoo donuts, so that's cool. <laughs> oh, oh my god! So yeah, voodoo donuts might be the most overrated thing I think. Ever I'm just
1: I'm, I'm I'm kidding. I told I think I told you
0: my brother was the manager, right. the original. That oh, that's yeah. You did tell me that, but yeah, you know, yeah, voodoo donuts. I mean,
1: there's so much good food out there, though. You can't yeah. be complaining.
0: Uh, yeah, so. you no, know, I'm not. Uh, so. Portland, Seattle, Bay Area, you all have great food. I love you. Although I do miss cookout for the East Coast folks. My God.
1: Yes, cookout is good. Now, the one thing I had that we never talked about this, and this will be more for your Western Kentucky fans that are listening to the show. Sure. I I didn't know this. I, I just never thought about bringing it up. You, you know who one of my closest friends at West, or from Western Kentucky was in Juco? Who's that? Nicole. Oh, really? Yes, okay. Nicole was one of my good friends, and his dad uh, actually recruited me somewhat to go to to go to Western Kentucky before just not choosing me, I guess. <laughs> so good for him. But yeah, but me and him hung out a lot. He, we both went to the same JUCO. Um, I'm I don't know what he's doing now. I know he was with the Seahawks for a little
0: bit, but I don't know what he's doing anymore. So yeah, yeah I haven't followed up with uh, with Nick Holt too much. Uh, ben Holt still at uh, Western Kentucky, playing pretty well in that linebacker spot. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So. They're, he,
1: he went to Purdue with him, right? Nick Holt. Yes. Yeah. Yes, he yeah, did. And and they're doing great. So the one thing I had a question, um, we don't even have to add if we don't want to, but we had a question last week about best jerseys. So I'm going to start a new section for myself called Satchel's Question of the Week. Sure. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> okay. Name your top three mascots in Conference USA. I
0: mean, number one is Big Red, obviously, because... What is he? He is everything and nothing at the same time. So uh, I, I give me a second to pull up what I wrote for uh, the Champagne Room when they asked me the same thing about what, um, uh, what is Big Red? Big
1: Red is a soft drink. Uh, a soft I mean, drink. he is,
0: but he was named after. Uh, yeah, I think he was. It reminds I me the, of the, I think the soft drink was named after him. So
1: he was. He was. He reminds me a lot of that uh, McDonald's character. A grimace. Yeah, the
0: Grimace. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I guess so. But uh, they do kind of look similar. But, uh, you know, I I think Big Red would definitely – he could take Grimace. I'll just say that. Um, Yeah, Yeah. okay. So this is is the question that the Champagne Room, uh, SB Nation's Illinois community, asked me right before Western played Illinois. Uh, Is Big Red so bad that he's good or is he genuinely good? I'm very much on the fence. And this was my response. Big Red is one of my favorite mascots in college sports simply because it's so weird. Big Red is neither male nor female. Big Red is neither a person nor an animal. Big Red is a mystery wrapped in an enigma. Plus, I can personally relate to Big Red because it's essentially a big ball of fluff with sweet dance moves just like me. Big Red is love. Big Red is life. So I'm going to roll with that one. Oh. <laughs> um, let me see. Okay, so your others. Uh, From my other ones, um, as far as like the actual like mascot suits. I don't know them too well. Um, I love the fact that UTSA are the Roadrunners, Um, and the <laughs> fact that there's a whole debate over whether or not they need to yell beep beep or meet me. I, you know, it's meep me by the meep, way. It's meep. me. Meep. Okay. It's
1: yeah, meet me. Meep. <laughs>
0: <Come on. laughs> yes. I, you know, if, if there's one thing we can all agree on that, it's the original Looney Tunes Roadrunner said meet me. I don't know where you're getting beep beep from, but yeah. Anyway. um, you know, and then probably, oh, man, I'm, I, I guess I would have to go UAB because it's a dragon and that's badass. Yeah,
1: okay. So I, I agree with you on one of them. UAB is definitely up there. I like the dragon. He's a little guy. He's funny. Um, oh, yeah. Then it becomes, a, it becomes a little tougher because I really like two others, and then you know I have to put Big Blue in there just because, you know, he's my guy. But, um. Either, I think FAU, the owl, is pretty cool. I don't think I've seen many owls, so, as a mascot. And then also, I really like the Thundering Herd. I like, I like, I like the Minotaur kind of guy. (laughs) So, yeah, so I, I, between those four, you know, obviously Big Blue, obviously UAB Dragon, um, how about let's do this fan vote? (laughs) Yeah. Is, is the, is it the Minotaur or is it the FAU owl? That's my third favorite.
0: There you go. Yeah. In the uh, comment section for this uh, post on underdog dynasty, leave it in the comment section. Your favorite, Conference USA mascots. You can tweet them to us as well. Um, I, you know, I'd be interested to see what people say. I mean, they're probably going to say the mascot of their team, but yeah. you know, if you can put your bias aside, I, I'd kind of like to know your uh, your thoughts on the practicality of these of these things. So we'll see. That's that's the that's the that's the question of the week. I, I like yeah. it. We'll, we'll make that a regular thing. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Conference USA show on Underdog Dynasty. Uh, make sure you're following Underdog Dynasty on Twitter. You can like us on Facebook as well. Um, follow Satchel and myself on Twitter. I am at J-O-E-H-I-O underscore, and that's Joe Hio, which I thought was a dead giveaway to my roots, but whatever. Um, Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I don't know. I just kind of started going by that a while back as I thought it was like easy to remember, and my last name's kind of hard to pronounce but anyway um Satch you are at ziff underscore 15 right yeah follow me
1: yes. I, I'm on a am on the quest to become twitter famous so yes
0: I you are in the stage of now like desperately tweeting at people trying to get more followers and it's, it's worked <laughs> to some extent right
1: yeah you know uh, I, tweet, I tweeted underdog dynasty the twitter I was like hey retweet me so I can get some followers. And yesterday alone, I got twenty seven followers so
0: hey, there you go thats hey, <laughs> you you ask, you receive it's, exactly it's it's you know take that approach to everything in life. the more desperate you get, the better the results so <laughs> um but uh yeah we'll, I'm definitely keeping this awkward silence in now, um but go <laughs> <laughs>
1: I was gonna I was gonna say I was gonna say tell that to the women in my life, but <laughs> I,
0: Oh jeez, um, yeah, and awkward uh, banter. <laughs> if there's one thing you keep coming back to this show for, folks, let it be the awkward back and forth between the two of us. Um, and leave us a review on iTunes too if you found us there. And we will be back next week with uh, more weird analysis and uh, debate. More, more of Satchel's questions of the week. We'll see. We'll see what those turn out to be. Uh, oh yeah, they're gonna get weirder and weirder. Yeah, yeah. So. Satchel, last, in the lost episode last week, you had a sign-off line uh, prepared, sort of. Um, I'll, go, I'll go ahead and throw it to you now. Do you want to stick with that one, or do you want to make a new one here? So last week's was I Like Cats. Yes. Um, it was only
1: because Joe told me, think say the first thing that comes to your mind, and for some reason that came up. This week, for some reason, hasta luego, see si USA, is my thing. I'm going with it. I'm staying with it for the week.
0: Perfect. All right, so happy football watching, everybody. We'll see you next one.